Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. got some wonderful music for you today for Song of the Soul. My guest is Brian Bethke, a singer-songwriter from the Chippewa Valley of western Wisconsin, just outside of Eau Claire. As is so often the case, this music speaks of the journey of pain, healing, and joy of the musician and calls out the listener's own experiences and journey. Brian Bethke's recent music is most often called folk or Americana, but he's done punk and a lot more along the way, and I'm very pleased that he could join me today in my studio. Brian, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Brian, the main thing I know about you, besides the fact that you're a musician, is that you're a father. Do those two things go together, being a father and being a musician? They do. People wouldn't think that they would. We make it work pretty well in our family with touring and things. Make it a great experience for the kids that get to come along. Don't leave them out. I'm not one of these people who say, hey, I'm going on tour for three weeks and leave my family behind. Family, our family makes every decision about the albums and everything that we do in the music together. So it does go hand in hand. You've got kids uh, ranging from, I think, four up to the age of 12. At those ages, most musicians make their songs all about kids' stuff. You haven't given in to that temptation, have you? Not yet. You know, I am considering doing a children's album, but my current album I just did, Aberdeen, was more about family and my childhood life, you know, kind of 
growing up reflecting on some of that and maybe getting over some of the things that have kind of haunted me for years. Haunting can be a bad thing, but you're saying that with a smile on your face. Does that mean that it's not a negative thing to you? Not at all. There's a lot of things you experience as you grow that make you a better person. And I did a lot of those experiences probably before I was 16 years old. <laughs> so I did a lot of growing then, and that's a lot of what this was about. And how does this end up coming out in the music that you produce? Uh, like this first song that you chose for your song of the soul, The Kiss, how does this form from your experience? That formed from when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. It was around that time when I'd been going to the doctors for so long. They told me, finally, after all these years, that oh, we have fibromyalgia. And I'd lost my job. I didn't know what to do with my life. And it was just kind of a calling out and a crying out to God and kind of, you know, I don't know which way I'm supposed to go in this life right now. You know, the first lines in the song is, can you show me the way in which I should walk now? Because I'm lost and feeling so alone. It was just about a pouring out of my own soul, just waiting for that answer back. And it was through my music, I think, that I got that answer. Were you a religious person in terms of how you were raised or in terms of your, your goals in life? I was raised as a Lutheran. My mother is a Lutheran minister's wife. My stepfather is a Lutheran minister. And it was really pushed down my throat. I would say as a young child, I didn't believe a lot of it because there was a lot of hypocrisy I seen. But as I grew, around the age of 19, I'd been through a lot of stuff. I'd done drugs and, you know, I'd had my first child. I'd been living on my own since 15. It was really a point in my life I knew I needed some sort of guidance there. And I did. I worked with some Jehovah's Witnesses and started studying with them. I was actually baptized as a Jehovah's Witness, all that. But then I just, it didn't fit. It didn't fit what I believed. There's great in all religions, but it really didn't fit for me. It seemed that they were using their religion more to poke fingers at others and demonize other people than actually loving and caring and doing what the teachings were. So I did step away from it. Now, I wouldn't call myself a Jehovah's Witness, but I would, you know, I am a spiritual person. I do believe in God and I do believe in having morals. The song, The Kiss, let's listen to it and I want to ask you a little bit more about it afterwards. Okay. Something's gone wrong Am I doing the same as these winds blow? I don't know Cause these times have changed, changed fast, faster than I can go Faster than 
Kiss by Brian Bethke. He's here today for Song of the Soul, sharing his spiritual path, journey, or beliefs through music. And music really is, Brian, such a healing, positive way to explore that soulscape, isn't it? Yeah, totally. When I was doing music, a lot of the times, like with Jehovah's Witnesses, they told me my music was too dark. It sounded too desperate, too. And I was like, and I didn't understand that because I wrote music to to uplift people, to people listen to, and I got so many fans and people who said, I've listened to your CD, and I sometimes I laugh, sometimes I'll cry. It really brings them to a place to explore that, you know, someone else has felt that same way and that confusion of life, and they've made it through it, so so can I. What kind of music do folks who are Jehovah's Witness listen to, share? I mean, is that part of their services? I've never been to a Jehovah's Witness service. It's a lot like a school. There was constant Bible study. Every week they had people who they'd have to go and study a certain passage of the Bible and write a talk about it and how it can apply to our lives. So it was a lot like a school that way. You're always looking through Scripture and stuff like that. You know, and they listen to music just like the rest of us. They're pretty, you know, normal people. You do have your extremes in every <laughs> religion, though, too. 
I was only involved in the religion for, for probably about three, four years before I decided that it just wasn't for me, that that wasn't my path, that I felt that God gave me the gift to music, and if they were trying to stifle that, you know, that I wasn't in the right place. In The Kiss, some of the language that you use, you talk about you know, a kiss with divine or breaking through the light. Those are not terms that I think of. I guess that's beyond what I think most mainstream religions deal with. As a Quaker, I'm very used to using a metaphor of light. I mean, that is how I think of the divine. It's the light. Is this part of your lexicon? Is this the language that you use for the divine? Well, in the part, the line in the song where it's like, it talks about, sometimes I feel like I'm getting through, breaking through the light. It talks about those late nights where I've been up and, you know, praying and just going through this illness and laying in bed for three months when I first got sick with this. And a lot of this played in my mind. It was, people would come by, why aren't you going to the meetings? You know, that was their focus, that I should be going to church every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And even though I was sick and in bed with horrible migraines, unable to work, and if I go to church, you know, maybe God would help me. And so I really started playing through my in my head, what do I really believe? And I had three months of illness laying in bed to really kind of sort that out. And that's what it is. You know, it's like sometimes I feel like I'm breaking through to that light. I will admit I don't know everything. I do have a firm belief in God. I don't think it fits in any certain box, but maybe someday it will. This fibromyalgia, or what was diagnosed as fibromyalgia, getting out of that, did religion help or hurt? It sounds like to some degree it was hurting in your contacts with the folks who uh, were kind of criticizing you for being sick. It's kind of like Job. Well, if you're sick, that must be because God is making you be that way. For them, it wasn't really that God was making me that way, but I wasn't, I wasn't making myself better by doing the church things that they wanted me to do. The stress of it all was making me sicker too, you know, worrying about that. The kicker was when my son came home and said, uh, oh, this kid asked me to come over to his house, but I told him I wouldn't go over to his house because, you know, he wasn't Jehovah's Witness and he was a person of the world. And at that point, I'm like, this religion, I'm not bashing the religion at all, but it's like, for me and for my child, it was making him more, not the person I want him to be. I want him to accept everyone. And we are all, no matter how we got here, no matter what you believe, we're all people of the same God and why cut off other people in the world just because they don't believe the same as you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's go on in your Song of the Soul. Why Sam Lane? Why is Sam Lane part of your Song of the Soul? Oh, Sam Lane is uh, it's a song I wrote. It was a road I lived on. It's just two miles down from where I live right now and where I have my studio and record. I lived on that road when I was like 14, 15 years old when I first moved out. Me and my whole band, we all lived on Sam Lane, and we spent a lot of time there. It was a growing experience for me. I was out on my own. We, you know, we experimented with a lot of things. We partied a lot, which I don't condone. But it was a growing experience for me also. And the first part of the song is kind of talking. The first verse is just first and second verse thing. It's just kind of the stupid things we did and how we've all grown older now and have children and are responsible. It's my coming of age song, I call it, because I'm turning 30 next month in November. So it's really kind of reflecting back and seeing where I have come in my life. Tom grabs you by the neck, directs you where to go. I love you more than I could ever show when I first met you. Walking out the door. Well, I could never imagine what could be in store. 
We spent our teenage years driving around for thrills Coolons for beer and peach now for the girls And Mike and Becky would say Where the hell we going? We'll find a little spot Graveyard by the road And hear the angels say Man, we got some stone We've all grown older now And time seems to pass Just like a speeding jet That never wants to land And Mike and Becky say How the kids have grown Just passing another drink Will we remember when we get old We hear the angels sing And our little girls I see Tim time to time, he exchange a quick hello Thought Darren lost his mind when he chose to ride that boat And Sean has made his way To saving life's day I still play this old guitar To help me find my way Now I hear the angels All these notes I play Sam Lane by my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Brian Bethke. Brian, that beautiful song about coming of age. How long after the fact did you write that? Because you, know, you said you were on your own at 15, and that seems a precocious age to be out there taking care of yourself. Was it really messed up for those first few years? It was and it wasn't. Part of it was my parents were going through a really bad divorce, and just because of that, they were not able to really take care of us kids as they needed to. I don't blame them for it, but I also, my wife got pregnant around the same time. You know, my girlfriend in high school got pregnant, who is now my wife. So I was basically out, spent a lot of time just screwing off partying, you know, doing stupid things. And my parents were like, you know, we're not going to be taking care of a baby. So they did the hard love thing for me. I went out and worked for my uncle, who did a good job of helping raise me. And also my 
future father-in-law helped me a lot too and they kind of helped guide me you know so I did have that kind of parental guidance but it was it was a hard time you know I was a young kid I didn't know if I wanted to be settled down but I knew I had the responsibilities of this you know I screwed up I did my <laughs> did the things I shouldn't have done and ultimately it was a big learning experience for me did the cleaning up of your act, getting it together, you know, getting past the things that probably you're not so happy, you, you don't want your own kids to go through, right? You're right. Did that happen before you got involved in religion or as a result of getting involved in religion? How did that work out for you? It happened before I got into religion. I really, you know, cleaned up the act and, uh, you know, I'd still fall off the wagon, I would say, into my old ways. And uh, the religion really came about, I was in a band and we used to play around Eau Claire. I was 18, 19 years old. Wasn't even supposed to be in the bars, but I'd always played in bars since I was 15 years old. And uh, I was in this hardcore band. We went out and we played. We thought we were rock stars. And so we partied like what we thought rock stars should have. And it was really that point I was not making any good decisions. I was gone all the time. I was out playing with the band and things. And I really got to the point in my life that this is not what life's about. This is not worth losing my wife and my family and that's the point where I, I actually dropped music for about three years and you know, I started studying the Bible and doing things like that and just trying to figure out which direction I was gonna go in life so religion did help me in that point but then like I said in the end it kinda of harmed it a little bit too so I needed to move past that to be able to really come into my own it sounds like it was a path you had to walk down to get to the road you needed to be on yes exactly your musical style, I think that you're typically described as folk, Americana, that kind of thing. This other band you're talking about being part of does not sound like a folk band. No, not at all. It was more of a punk, you know, screaming, loud music. I was kind of, yeah, I had anger issues as a kid. I was, you know, I had a short fuse, and it was kind of that aggressive rock style like that, you know, like we don't care what the world thinks of us, you know, we're punks, we're out here to be loud and noisy and obnoxious, and... That's what we did, and I'm really not that person anymore, so that's, I think, how the music has progressed to this slow acoustic, you know, the heartfelt, the stuff that people can listen to and really feel inside. Speaking of that kind of experience, one of the things that almost all of us have at one time or another is this feeling that we're not home, but we want to head home. My interpretation of Aberdeen is that that's what it's about. It's like heading there, I want to get home, and... If I can only get there kind of thing. The first song, the title track, Aberdeen, I wrote it and it's kind of a jumble of a million different things that was going on in my life. You know, like the first verse, you know, another 10 miles to the county line and I don't think I'll make it home tonight. That's about playing the gigs out there all the time, middle of the night, coming home, being exhausted and just wanting to come home to that place. You know, that was the first track I recorded. It was a really happy, kind of upbeat track, you know, filled with things about religion, about my family, about... Each line is about a different subject, almost. We don't want to confuse any of you listeners out there, so to let you know what he's talking about, we're going to play it right now. Aberdeen, Ryan Bethke is here with me today for Song of the Soul. Another ten miles to the county line And I don't think I'll make it home tonight Lost my mind somewhere in Aberdeen, but I don't think I left my soul behind this time.
call me a cheat, but I don't know of any of those things. I'd love to stay and let the storm move in, but I must leave let myself blowing on It's so hard to remember where I've been at last We find so many who disagree But they don't give a rotten damn for me My son says, Daddy, what you think about that? And my only reply is that they drop me where I'm at Smiles and disagrees There's no evil in men Just the people on TV It's just like me Aberdeen. This song is coming to you from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Where's Aberdeen? We all want to know, don't we? Yep, a lot of people want to know. I had a friend of mine. She took all these beautiful old black and white pictures that looked like they were right out of like the early 1800s, and uh, that was part of my inspiration for it. You know, there's old houses falling down, you know, just things around the area, because I'm actually about south of Eau Claire, about 30 miles, in this little town they call Levis on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. She took a lot of those pictures out there, and Aberdeen came from a mispronunciation in the song of the town called Aberdeen. So we wrote it out as Aberdeen and started searching for this town, and it's a town that no one can find. It doesn't exist anywhere in the world. And that really spun off the idea of Aberdeen, this place I'm trying to make it home to that doesn't exist. There's a line in the song, there's no evil in men, just the people on TV. What's that about? I'm not sure what that means. Conversations with my son. He's 12 years old now, so I'm really starting to realize he will argue for argument's sake. 
So that line is kind of about him, you know, there's no evil in men, just people on TV. The line doesn't make any sense. And then I followed up with, but he's just like me. You know, just like I was arguing with my parents about stuff that I thought I knew everything about, but now having those same arguments about God, you know, everything in my son. But it's good because he questions everything and he wants to learn. I think that's, that's what people have to do is they have to question everything in life. Aren't you a little afraid that what's going to happen is he's going to go the same road you went, which, you know, involves you have to experience the sins before you can repent from them. Yeah, I have, you know, that has been one of my biggest fears, but me and my wife have always been very open with our children about the lives that we've lived, you know, how it's affected us and how it would ultimately affect them. And I'm just hoping that they're able to learn from our sins. You know, just like every kid has to go out there and experience things for his own, I just hope if he does, you know, he keeps his head on his shoulders, and I'll always be there to help with anything for them. You know, I don't even particularly like to use the word sin. I mean, it has its use, it has its value, yeah. but I don't generally tend to use it. One person's sin is just another person's growth experience, and one person's sin can be the blessing that lands on another person's head. So yep. I think you went through a, a lot of tough times, and look where they got you, which you're pretty happy where you are, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy where I am. All these different experiences that led to what I've done, if it wasn't for that life I lived, I don't know if I would be that responsible <laughs> right now in my life. A lot of tears involved, though, I'm sure. The next song you have for your song of the soul is He Cried. Where does this fit in your spiritual journey? This song is a partly fictional song. The first lines in it is, I lie naked on the floor and I can feel my breath no more. It's about old man and the end of his life laying there, you know, on his deathbed or on the bathroom floor because of a heart attack. And it goes through just the reflection of things and just basically how life is too short. And by the time we really come to realize all the things that mean so much to us, it's over. The song is He Cried by Brian Bethke. Well, I lie naked on the floor And I can't feel my breath no more Is this my home maker's hands? I've traveled far across this land To be Did you see I remember when I was born And I went tumbling to the floor And I turned around to see My brother standing next to me And he smiled And I cried Remember on our wedding day Daddy gave us gone away The lightning passed us through the storm But we had whiskey to keep us warm And he cried And I smiled
while I'm making on the floor And I can feel my breath no more Is this my home make sense? I've traveled far across this land He cried. Brian Bethke here today for Song of the Soul. I'm your host for Song of the Soul, Mark Helpsmeet. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. My website is northernspiritradio.org. And remember, we're org, not a com. This isn't about money. This is about spirit. And the spirit we're sharing today is the Song of the Soul of Brian Bethke. The song, He Cried, certainly about that journey. Uh, you, you know, when you die, you're supposed to see your whole life flash before you. And I'm, yes. I'm reading a book right now that talks about near-death experiences. So did you have your own? Did you ever come close? I never came close. I was to the point where I thought I was dying, you know, dealing with all the health issues and stuff that they couldn't figure out and couldn't find out. And I was weird to the point, you know, the fear there is like maybe there's something so totally wrong with me that they don't know. That's a lot of what the album was, is that journey of when I was diagnosed, I was coming to terms with all this, finished the album up, and you know, last week, went to or two weeks ago, went to a specialist and found out that all this I've been dealing with, all the doctors, chronic Lyme's disease, and now I'm on a new journey of, I started treatment for it, I've actually been starting to feel better, and so it's amazing how it all switches around like that. When did the Aberdeen CD, when did you release that? I released it last May. It was a project that I started late July, early August of last year. I recorded Aberdeen, and I decided to go with the solo album, play most of the parts on there. I have two guest musicians, Peter Fippen, who played on um, The Kiss, and then Derek Biederman, who plays in my regular band, played drums on Handler. But other than that, I did all the parts myself. It was just a journey through the winter. Winter time is always, you know, there's less stuff to do. I'm out in the middle of nowhere and kind of in the country, so my home studio, I was able to sit there and watch the snowfall and uh, just create and write. And that's when I do most of my writing anyway. So. so if people want to check out your music, where's the best place to find out about it? Uh, the best place, you know, if you want to download the album, you can go to iTunes or Napster, Amazon.com, anything like that. But if you want to listen to the whole album and just get a feel for it and just see if it's something you want to pick up, you can go to my MySpace, which is MySpace.com slash Brian Bethke Music, and it's B-R-I-A-N. B-E-T-H-K-E, music. Or just Google my name, Brian Bethke, and you can find numerous different websites that are out there that host my music. And, of course, the easiest thing is to visit northernspiritradio.org, where I'll have a link for Brian's site. Where do we go next on your Song of the Soul journey? Winter So Lonely. Winter So Lonely was really about, it was another growth experience uh, through family. I had a, a family member who... I don't want to go into too much detail, but I really had to play that tough love, kind of let them go because of I was kind of enabling them to continue to live that life. So that's what that song was about, and it was I was dealing with uh, the Volume 1 was having their a Best Of series. You know, everyone was voting for the Best Of, and not much has ever been written about me in the Volume 1, but me and Peter Fippen, someone had added our names to it, Fans were basically fighting over who was going to win. So one day I was up, one day I was down, and I'd have so many phone calls and stuff every day about, oh, do you know you're winning or so-and-so? And it's like I didn't, I didn't really care too much, <laughs> but everyone bugged me about it. So it was just kind of that. I just shut off my phone, shut off my computer, went in the office, and was just kind of dealing with these emotions with my family member. And then uh, all this sudden fame that I didn't expect at all that was coming towards me just on a local level, 
just kind of shut off and wrote the song. And the volume one thing was part of the second verse, you know. I hear the phone ringing and it's driving me nuts. I can't get away from here. It was really that and dealing with having to be a, what I felt like a cold, hard person with the family member to kind of do that tough love like my parents did with me to move theirself in the right direction. And it did work and there's no hard feelings, so <laughs> that's a good thing. Winter So Lonely 
by Brian Bethke. Brian, do you really think winters are so lonely here in Eau Claire? They are to a point, but it's a, it's a warming, comfortable loneliness, I think. I love winter. I'm one of these people who usually, I get more depressed during the summertime than I do in the winter. Right now is a great time because as you see everything change, and that's when the song was wrote around this time of year last year. It was not that the winter was so lonely for me, but it was for the person that I had to really kind of play that tough love with. You mentioned about getting out, playing on your own, playing with a band. Well, first of all, what is your regular band? What do you mean by that? My regular band is the Brian Bethke Band. It's uh, Derek Biederman, who used to play in the, the punk-heavy metal band type thing that we did back, oh, God, 11 years now ago. And Derek's always kind of been my go-to drummer. He also plays in a band called Left Wing Bourbon. Him and my bass player, Jacob Allwelling, who also plays in Left Wing Bourbon, they fill in and we do a three-piece. Majority of my gigs, though, are, like when I tour, with this album has been solo acoustic you know, sets, more of the intimate type things. Where do you play that kind of music these days? Is it going to a bar and then being ignored by everybody while you play heartful songs? Sometimes it is. There's a lot of times where you go to the bar, you sit there in the corner, and you're kind of background music. You know, if I'm doing a long gig at a bar, I'll throw in some cover music and some funny songs to keep things going. But like on tour, it was coffee houses, things like that. There was, oh, I can't remember the place I played in Chicago, but just a great little coffee house atmosphere and so intimate to have people sit there and... Those are the best places, the coffee houses, the little places like that, the record stores and things are the really neat places where people come and they want to hear music and they want to be touched somehow, not just go and get drunk and forget who's that guy in the corner. <laughs> so, I notice when you sing, you have a twang that you don't have when you speak. <laughs> yeah. Where did that twang, where did you contract that disease? I don't know. I think it's been ever since I was a kid. Some of the first songs I wrote was uh, kind of a country sound in music. And the funny thing is, throughout my whole life, I've never listened to country music. I don't listen to the country radios. I've been into it a little more now with more like bluegrass folk style country. But I, I think it's from growing up on a farm, having my dad have that old country, you know, that old Johnny Cash and stuff on the radio constantly. I think it's subliminal, somehow got stuck in there. <laughs> it's good stuff. Next song you chose was Feral. What's Feral about? Feral is uh, kind of a roots back to my country background. You know, I grew up a farmer's son for the first part of my life. It's kind of back there. We actually spelt, you know, it's like feral hogs. You know, you hear about feral hogs. And I actually spelt the word feral wrong just as kind of like a backwoods kind of joke, something like that. But it really was the first song I wrote on slide guitar. I've tried playing slide guitar over the years and never got it right. Found this alternate tuning and found it. I was hosting open mic at the Stone Throw at the time and found the slide down there that no one claimed for like the last six weeks. So I thought, oh, I'll take it home and wrote this song on it that day and played it. And it was really about, again, about my journey. I just put it into a different type of story. Like the last verse was about me getting that job at the Stone Throw because every kid in the area, he always came to Eau Claire as a musician to try to do the original music thing. And it really was kind of a stepping stone to get offered that job as hosting the open mic at the Stone Throw. So uh, the last verse was just a bit about kind of, you know, it's like I stand on the street not that long ago staring at these stones here to throw. It's kind of talking about how I tried so hard for years as a young musician to try to get in there and no one even would, they just kind of brush you off and, oh, who's this kid? And to actually be offered that job there was kind of a neat thing for me. So it was just another growth song. I was driving down the road a few days ago 
Met a devil woman, had no place to go. She tried to chew me up and feed me to the dogs. Out there on the roadside with those feral horns. And I hear him saying, Ooh, ooh, Settle and have no place to go. I never had the time to do this anyhow. Cold branded burden in my heart. We should have known this from the very start. I'm saying That's feral, spelled wrong, <laughs> by Brian Bethke. Brian, I, I was just mentioning to you, there's a musician, Greg Brown, and his song, Rudy Toot Toot for the Moon, he has a line in there, he was just a young white boy trying to sing tough and black with gravel and spit in his voice. That's you, isn't it? He was singing about you, and, but he's, he wrote it a long time ago. Yep, I think there's a lot of us, you know, a lot of us white boys that were influenced by that style, even uh, Eau Claire's Justin Vernon, who did the Bon Iver Project, Kind of that song, my inspiration was like some of these old records you find that are so scratched up 
and this half out of tune guitar with just one lone person in front of one microphone playing those songs. That's how I recorded it. I added, you know, some of the ooze in later, but it mostly songs have been me and my guitar sitting in front of one condenser microphone and then just kind of layering things over that. You mentioned to me earlier today that you're getting ready to put out an LP of your album, Aberdeen. That strikes me as counterintuitive. I mean, isn't this the world where everything is iTunes? Do people still buy LPs? I know a lot of people my age, it's kind of a nostalgic thing. I'm always at the antique shops finding old albums and things I haven't heard. I think Auberdeen has that LP sound to it, the way I mixed it and the way I EQ'd everything. I wanted it to almost sound like an old record. I talked to a couple you know, smaller labels in uh, Belgium that are interested in taking it on if we do it in vinyl. Vinyl LPs are doing really well overseas, so it's partly uh, just a nostalgic thing for me because I want it on LP, but there's also there's people who want it. Well, we got just a little bit of time here. Let's go on to the last song of your Song of the Soul. It's called Crying Shame. What's this about? Crying Shame was actually the second song I second or third song I wrote for the album, which really was the turning point of the album, of turning it from this happy, upbeat thing like Aberdeen was to uh, going past my life. My mom had called me the night I wrote that song. My mom had called me, and breast cancer runs really strong in our family. Every woman has had breast cancer in her family. My mom had it 25 years ago. My sister had just went through it, just got the okay that she's everything's good. And uh, my mom had called me and told me that she had breast cancer again, that it was in her lungs, and it wasn't a really good prognosis. The song Crying Shame is more about me thinking about the way our family reacts to each other and how we never really take that time to, you know, be a family and how, you know, it was a crying shame that we did it. But it kind of got me past that, and our family since then has really grown, I think, all of us, have really grown just because of that situation. But that was really the pivotal point that said, you know, I need to get over some of these hang-ups I've had over life, you know, and just realize that you don't blame people, that life is what it is, and to get over things, and it's really happened. My mom's doing good now. She went through the chemo. They've got the tumors shrunk down. The tumors don't seem to be growing. She seems to be enjoying her life. She has my two children right now, <laughs> today, so it really, it's everything between Aberdeen and crying shame, you know, is kind of that journey to all of that. So I think it fit well. Keep my head up off the floor Try not to make a sudden move And steal a minute for myself The sun be shining through sometime But if I only had the mind I would be calling you today But you know things just got away And it's a crying shame And it's a crying shame And I'm a crying shame You say my brother, what is wrong? 
Why are you leaving here today? You know I never have the time, but I love you anyway. I've just been broken down so long, so battered and destroyed. And I cannot heal these wounds, it's to my detriment this time. It's a crying shame. It's a crying shame. It's a crying shame. And I'm a crying shame. So long, but I live this damn life, and I'm not angry anymore. So here's my chance tonight to show the world my soul and song, and push these feelings all away, and work past all these broken nights and search for better days. You survive and change. You survive and change. It's a crying shame And I'm a crying shame Shame, Brian Bethke. Brian, we'd better repeat where people can find your music. Again, the best place to go is? Go to myspace.com slash Brian Bethke Music. It's B-R-I-A-N-B-E-T-H-K-E Music. Or just search me out on Google, just Brian Bethke, and you'll find a bunch of links. And have you got any dates coming up soon? Uh, you'll be out in public showing your musical talent? Yes. Right now I've been taking a little time off in October here just to kind of decompress a little bit. And uh, I will be back in Eau Claire on the 28th of November. I'll be playing at the Acoustic Cafe. I'll be in Chicago at the under, uh, Underground Lounge, I believe it is, on the 21st of November. And a couple smaller dates before then, but pretty much I'm laying low for next two months just to kind of regain and get healthy and recharge a little bit. I wish you a, a speedy recovery. Uh, you've had eight plus years, I think, yes. of dealing with this illness stuff. I want to see you back at your peak sharing your music and your soul with the people from the stage. Thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. And thank you for having me. That was Brian Bethke, today's Song of the Soul guest. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org.
and I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a Song of the Soul.